I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Arsenal 2, Tottenham Hotspur now. Schwarz. It's in! Quite amazing. Here's Limper, lines it up, finds the net. Arsenal in front. Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast with me, Dan Roebuck. On today's show, we'll be remembering some of our Scandinavian superstars. Freddie Jungberg tosses through some of his favourite goals from his Gunners career. Stefan Schwartz reminisces about his year at Highbury. But let's kick off with an Arsenal insider. Let's hear from another Arsenal insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Well, I'm pleased to say that John Cross of the Daily Mirror joins me uh, to talk about the Scandinavian influence, more like the Swedish influence when it comes to Arsenal over the years. John, thanks for joining us. Pleasure. Uh, first of all, when it comes to Sweden, you think about players, I guess, that are maybe more suited to English football because of their physicality. But some of the players that Arsenal have had haven't really been like that, have they? No, they, they haven't. And it's a really interesting point, isn't it? Because I think England has always been a very attractive place, I guess, for Scandinavian players to come. Arsenal, I think, as a football club, has been one that's really attracted a huge amount of Scandinavian fans. I think even sort of kind of, I'm thinking back pre-80s when, when kind of it was maybe easier to travel and come and support your team, as a lot of um, Scandinavian fans do, as well as obviously watch it on the TV. But I think you're right, it's kind of English football, the way it's sort of set up, is very... I think sort of suits those players and as Limpar immediately thinking what an impact he made and yet he came at a time when let's be honest was his name really big in here coming from Italian football obviously as he did he was playing there at the time um, it wasn't really so he was kind of you know a bit of a surprise almost to English football certainly a wonderful surprise for Arsenal fans and then later you know Freddie Lundberg as well so to me those two Swedes really sort of kind of dominate when I think of Scandinavian players, I guess. What do you remember about Anders Limpar? He was part of the title-winning side, wasn't he, in mm. 1991, came in 1990, spent four years with the club. What do you remember about him? Well, it was interesting that basically, you know, I was sort of kind of going home and away sort of every game that stage, and it was, I guess, 89 was fantastic, and it was difficult then to replicate in 89-90, and I think what George Graham did very cleverly was just added a little bit of stardust, if you like, in 1990. 
And I think what people don't sort of what they overlook in 1990, 91 is they always characterise George Graham teams as being rather defensive, rather kind of workmanlike. And yet Anders was actually sensational. He gave Arsenal a wonderful, attractive attacking style. He was exciting to watch. I mean, I think he drove George mad at times a little bit because he obviously, you know, perhaps defending wasn't the stronger point of his game. He would really attack the full-back and he was incredibly exciting to watch. And he made that particular Arsenal team, let's not forget, they're only one game away from being the Invincibles, something really exciting and they were really good to watch. Did he give Arsenal a bit more balance, do you think? Probably did. I mean, I think that George would argue that basically probably didn't give enough protection. But he in a 4-4-2, and it was pretty much a 4-4-2 at that stage, then Anders certainly gave him great width. He went on to play for Everton and win an FA Cup with him. Should we have kept him for a little bit longer? Well, it was always the George thing, to be honest. I always felt I could always, you know, it was always George's frustration that, that basically Anders wouldn't track back, wouldn't do a bit more work defensively. So I think Arsenal fans, you know, should remember him fondly, as I'm sure they do. But George just basically wanted a little bit more work rate from his wingers. Um, which leads us on to Stefan Schwartz, different type of player, yep. uh, maybe more in the George Gray mould, but only lasted one season, but a, but a good season and obviously fell short in the Cup Winners' Cup final, but he was here for that 94-95 campaign. Yeah, he was a really good buy. He was part of the Swedish World Cup team, yep. and then he looked a really top-quality player. And for whatever reason, it was you know a difficult, perhaps, season, perhaps for Arsenal... It didn't really work out for him. I wouldn't have said he didn't really realise his full potential here. But you look at him technically, really good. One player that did fulfil his potential was Freddie Youngberg, no doubt about that. I mean, people talk about the Arsene Wenger signings and you talk about Henri, of course, obviously, and Patrick Vieira. Freddie never goes under the radar, but boy, what a player he was. Well, I think he maybe goes under the radar when you talk about the business involved because he was an absolute snip, wasn't he? And he was incredibly cheap deal, bearing in mind he then went on to become one of the most prolific front-running midfield players in the Premier League era. Absolutely fabulous. I mean, I look back upon the... was it 2002 season in particular when he scored that run of goals when Arsenal just needed to kind of as all title winning teams do the running's so important and you struck you know you get back-to-back wins in in the runnings we always look into Freddie Lundberg as the winning goal hero and that his ability to time his run to perfection into the box to finish off a move was outstanding but a really good character as well it's great to see him back at the club because I think he's got much to offer Will he go down as, as one of the best value signings then do you think from the Arsenal Wenger? Yeah what was it I think just over two wasn't yeah. it and I think that's incredible I think that's an incredible bit of business and he, you know I think when he first arrived it maybe took a little while to settle and find his right position and maybe sort of kind of you know was he good enough sort of kind of technically could he join up the play all those things came though together at his time here and he absolutely goes down as an Arsenal legend. I'm going to dial it back a few years previously to John Jensen because he eventually became a cult figure mainly mm. because of the, the, the only goal that he scored but people forget the quality he had and what he did for Denmark when he came to the club and it was another dip into that Scandinavian market for us. Yeah, it was really. I've probably got that T-shirt. I was there when John <laughs> Jensen scored but um, it felt like, you know, he actually made quite a decent start. He basically was that kind of, you know, box-to-box sort of kind of powerful midfielder. 
and he was much more defensive than going forward and maybe that kind of winning um, that incredible goal that he scored for Denmark in Euro 92 made us think he was that he was some sort of different player but he did a decent job he was always a willing character good character I think actually in the dressing bit of a character as well by the way and so you know always a bit of fun did he fit the George Graham era a little bit better maybe than the others? Well, I think what happened was, if my memory serves me right, is that basically Arsenal finished with a flourish the previous season, 91-92, scoring absolute goals for fun. But if there was one criticism or one fear, maybe, that Arsenal were going to be a little bit open, and so they had fantastic forward players, and George Graham wanted to balance it up with one more defensive midfield player, Q John Jensen. And the balance didn't quite work for whatever reason. So, you know, it was a difficult time as well because I think we were just saying goodbye to sort of another legend like David Rowcastle, for example. And so I just think it was big shoes to fill. Some real influence from Scandinavia and Arsenal over the most recent sort of generation. Certainly one or two players that didn't quite make it that maybe should have, the likes of Seb Larsson, likes of Nicholas Bentner as well. I mean, they both got on to have good careers, but, you know, for whatever reason, it didn't quite work out for Arsenal. But no doubt, talented players. Yeah, I was also thinking Siggy Jonsson on, yeah, exactly. on the plastic pitch at Oldham. Yeah, absolutely. Right, right. And you so know, it's kind of, sort of manner you know, and it was, uh, it was a bit bizarre. When Seb Larsson, brilliant free kick specialist, yeah. absolutely fantastic. And so, you know, for that, Nicholas spent all the talent in the world but what you know bit of a character bit of an ego to go with it so it wasn't always I didn't feel completely focused but I think in a different time if he had his time again I do think he had so much ability and he wasn't just a sort of a centre forward and I think given the right time the right conditions and circumstances I think he could have done more and just finally you mentioned right at the top of the interview you know we didn't really know the players when they came even if they came from Italy like Anders Limpar Swedish players were a bit of a, a mystery a bit of a question mark it's different now of course is it still a rich pool for Arsenal maybe to go back to do you think is there players coming through Sweden and Denmark and those sort of places we've seen Iceland of course do well in the European Championship as well can you see more players coming from the area? Well I think traditionally it's always served well and so I do think as soon as a player looks really really good then I think there's clutch of Premier League clubs will go and have a look and I still think that Arsenal would be right at the front of that queue simply because they you know, have this wonderful tradition with and I think you know I still think Scandinavia looks upon Arsenal as, as a huge draw and I do think there are decent players, you know, sort of good players coming through. You can see that from the major international tournaments. John, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Pleasure. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. 
You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Stefan Schwartz spent a single but memorable season at Highbury. Here's his memories of the 1994-95 campaign. Arsenal was a privilege and honor to get the interest for Arsenal, but to sign it, to sign the contract to Arsenal, I was really looking forward to it. One of the best teams and clubs in the world, with all the tradition that a well-respected club. So I was really looking forward to it, and it was really great to sign. In between was the World Cup with the Sweden 94, uh, which was very exciting for us as well. Uh, we went to the, to became the third best team country in the world, so it was very exciting. So what did you think of the Arsenal squad, the players that you ended up playing with? Oh, amazing. I mean, if you look at the squad, Ian Wright, Alan Smith, David Seaman, Nigel Winterburn, Lee Dixon, Tony Adams, Martin Kewensley, Bold, uh, Paul Davis, all of the Paul Merson. Uh, I haven't mentioned all of them, but I learned a lot. I came to Arsenal as a quite young player. I was 24 years old. And I came from Benfica where we played very tic-a-tac-a. We had to play very nicely. We had to have it as an entertainment as well to show the supporters of, uh, of a great club as Benfica. And of course, I learned a lot because the game plan of George Graham and Arsenal at that time was a little bit more direct, direct football. I wasn't that much involved in the centre midfield that I was in Arsenal, but I learned a lot from my colleagues and uh, with that experience I had from the Premier League. And what was it like to play at Highbury? What did you think of that stadium? Beautiful. It's unique. First of all, when you enter in the hall with this, all the marble and the statue and the tradition, you can feel it. You can feel it in the walls. You can feel it in the dressing room. That is a team that plays for trophies. You have a lot of dedication. You have a lot of respect for the supporters and you feel it straight away. And uh, of course, when you came into a dressing room like my colleagues, then you know that that is real serious business. And, uh, enjoy that, that kind of pressure. When you think about other moments or stories, are there, are there any great moments that you love telling, say, at a dinner party about your time at Arsenal? Any, any moments like that? I think the, the goal that took us to the extra time and uh, or to the penalties as well against Sampdoria, uh, semi-final and the Cup Winners' Cup against a Sampdoria that was a world-class team with Mancini, Jugovic, Milovic, Senga, Lombardo, etc. Viali uh, was a very strong side and we managed after a tight, tight game. And of course with David Siemens saves as well that helped us. But I thought that we were the better team and we deserved to go to the Cup Winners' Cup final. Now it was very little time left of the game. It was a free kick maybe 25, 30 yards away, which I feel comfortable. So I thought I had, had to go uh, to take advantage of it. Maybe not my, one of my best free kicks, but 
the most important thing was it went into the goal and took us further to the final. Obviously, with George moving on that season and then Bruce Rioch came in uh, soon after. And you moved on as well. How did your next move in football happen and you leave Arsenal? So I felt a little bit, little bit unsettled at Arsenal at that time. Even I think I played as one of the players that played the most games during that season. I hope the supporters were happy with me. Uh, I wanted to make them happy. But as a young man, sometimes you wanted to try to change something that uh, that you can't change sometimes. And I was ready. I was ready for Fiorentina as well to try to give it a go. But I can say that year is a big, big time in my heart. Means a lot. Means a lot to me. I'm very honoured to have been playing for Arsenal, been in the Arsenal's books and history. And now I'm a big Arsenal supporter and I want the best for Arsenal forever. Freddie Jungberg is an invincible and the current head coach of our under-23 team. He sat down to talk to us about a few of the 72 goals he scored for Arsenal. Motomar's coming more across the pitch. He's found Parler. Motomar's again. Oh, Hughes! I don't know whether he's looking for Jungberg, but he's found it. What a way to start an Arsenal career. Frederick Jungberg on as a substitute for his debut in the English game, and he scores against Manchester United. Very, very special day. I think I've been in London for five days or so, and play a big game against Man United, and uh, be able then to uh, uh, chip uh, Smyshall and... Uh, like that was obviously a special, special day for me and my family. I never get nervous, but that day I was shaking like a leaf before I went on. I think the fans started singing my name after 50 minutes of the game, so it made me very, very nervous. Tell us about the finish itself. I mean, it's not an easy one. You didn't have much time to react to it. And when you're coming up against someone like Schmeichel, who makes himself very big as a goalkeeper, tell us about it. Your thought processes, if you can remember it. No, I think when you've been playing football for a long time, it's just intuition. It's just you see what you see. You try to look at the goalkeeper before you get there. And that was the picture I saw. That was the easiest thing was to uh, get it over him. And maybe that surprised him because, like you said, he's quite big and uh, maybe didn't think I would go for that. We won the game, I think, 3-1. That was the main thing. Um, I came to Arsenal because I wanted to win things and uh, that was a, a great moment for me, of course, personally, but as well for us as a club to, to beat Man United 3-1 and show who's the, who's the best was a lovely feeling. It's a mistake by Gary Neville. Perez. Freddie Youngberg, who specialises in goals against Manchester United. And here's the latest offering. I think Neville makes a mistake and get the ball here and Bartes is way too far out so I chip it in and that's that's probably one of my that I feel is one of my nicest goals because that's quite difficult to do from there and I felt it was important for the team and for the club so it's, uh, it was a great great goal and a great moment again is that just instinctive to go for the chip it doesn't look like the obvious move to take yeah for me most of the things I did was on instinct um, you see the picture, you see it, and you execute something you think could work. And quite often, I think a chip is, uh, works quite well because, like you said, the goalkeeper maybe doesn't think he will chip it from outside the box and it's on his way out. 
and like this time it, it worked quite well. Personally, I you need to show up in the big games. It makes me more happy to say that it's against Man United like than against, sorry to say, a much smaller team or so. If we want to win things and we want to be sorry to say, big players and what we want to be, it's against your main rivals that you need to show up and, and play well. So of course that's if I could help my team and do that, that's also something that's that's nice. But uh, we did as a team. Arsenal know what can happen if you don't get a second goal. Remember last year, Youngberg, he's got the better of Terry. Freddie Youngberg! Arsenal have produced two absolute stunners. You know, we play Bell. Chelsea had a good team and. Yeah, and no, I felt strong, and I think that's John Terry felt strong in my legs, and then that's just uh, how I like to shoot. I like to curl the ball, and the ball went in. I think personally, what I highlighted that is Lee Dixon's uh, run behind the goal before the ball goes into the net, and um, yeah, we didn't win the game, which was very important. I think we played then Man United three days later at Old Trafford, but there we go. That's Dixon going off. Uh, it was a great day, and um, it was in the old days when I had red hair and a lot of. Fans had red hair, so that was as well uh, quite special. Henri. Jungberg looking for the hat-trick. Looking for the hat-trick and getting it. Freddie Jungberg. A third for him. A fourth for Arsenal. We talked about this often, like if the striker goes wide, then we should go in the pocket exactly like that. and. Uh, Always nice to uh, to score goals and the things that you talk about that uh, the strikers should widen their centre backs and then be able to go in that pocket and score. It's something from the training ground. Little dummy to the defender and then I can uh, roll it in the corner. And, uh, we won the game and of course it's always nice to do hat tricks and stuff. But when you're leading with a few goals in the end, it's uh, we have won the game. But I think. That little thing there is probably what I'm most satisfied about in those, those three goals. He's done it this time! What an extraordinary way to win the title. When an irresistible force meets an old immovable object, something's got to give. Roebuck versus. Yes, it is that time again. It is Roebuck versus me, Dan Roebuck, against. Chris Harris, Esquire, uh, editor of Arsenal.com. What is your full title, Chris? Uh, these managing days? editor for M digital. Managing editor. So you editor. had Andy Exley in here recently, managing editor for publications. Okay. I cover the digital side. Okay, and Liam obviously is here, the quizmaster. Liam? Yeah, no pressure, but Andy did actually beat Dan, so. Uh... Well, yeah, and, and I've heard Dan talk up his record in this slot, but actually, you got an absolute whooping from Nigel Mitchell a few weeks back. Yes, I so, did, yeah, uh, no, that's true. That's, luckily, that you're true. back to winning ways today, I yeah, guarantee yeah, that. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Liam, what's the quiz this week? Well, we're talking about Scandinavian players yeah. this week on the podcast. Yeah. Um, Arsenal have had 19 Scandinavian players in our history. Yeah. Um, we're going to go back and forth. We're going to do bids. So first person bids how many of those 19 they think they can get. Yeah. Then opponent. <laughs> That's a lot, isn't it? Uh, you can either 19. bid. 19. Astonishing. You can either bid something higher or you can let your opponent I understand. Actually, do it. I are these understand. players who have played first team football? I believe so. Oh, <laughs> we'll find out. They're up. They've been on the books. They've been on the books. That's the line. They've okay. been on the books. And just reminders of the countries again. I'm just, I'm just trying to 
uh, eke this out, this section yeah, of the podcast out to because, out, you know. because I, I don't think it's going to last very long. Go on. Denmark, Norway, Sweden, Finland, Iceland, Faroe Islands, and then the Aland Islands. Oh, we haven't right. had anyone from the Aland okay. Islands. Okay, well, that, that, that helps us. I can knock out all yeah. those Aland Island players. On yeah. right. So we've got okay. 19 players. 19. Who wants to open the bidding? Uh, that's the host down. I think it should be Okay, I, I will open the bidding at one. Okay, I will see your one and raise you six. Six? So you can name six Scandinavian Arsenal footballers? I think I can, yes. Because uh, uh, if I go to... Okay, uh, go on, name six. Really? Okay. He's confident. Let's go with the Swedes. Limpar, Schwartz, Rami Shaban, oh, yep. Freddie Jumberg, that's all. Yep. Siggy Jonsson from uh, Iceland, I believe. Siggy Jonsson? Correct. Is, is yeah. he there? And he's there. just for a slightly left field one, I'm going to give you Skullison. Yes, from the Faroe Islands. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure played for the first team. But I think he certainly I, was, on he, the was he was on the, he was on the bench. I think for Cesc Fabregas' debut. I've turned you over there, haven't I? Yeah, you've Six. absolutely it's done me there. The quickest Roebuck versus ever. Yeah, it's the quickest defeat and, and, and the heaviest defeat. How many more can you get? Do you reckon? Just that curiosity between the pair of you. The Swedes I could get. I completely forgot about Rami Shaban. John Jensen's obviously uh, hmm. one that, and Scullison was one that I had up my sleeve. But I tell you, I'm was struggling it, after that. We had a few seven young hours. Players, I, I was the, really the struggling. Of, um, Seb Svard, yeah, who maybe didn't play first team, maybe one or two appearances. Yeah, he, he, was, he was a midfielder. But yeah, some I, famous I, ones. I, I would have, I would have dried up a little bit after that. Go on, what, which ones How have we missed? Nicholas Bentner. Oh, Nicholas Bentner, of How course. About Seb Larson. Seb Larson. How about Kim Kallstrom? Well, I didn't need these, so I just yeah. didn't, didn't say <laughs> Don't them. Don't care, do you? Um, lo- yeah, <laughs> lo- loads more, but uh, Glenn Kamara. I want to go Glenn Kamara, who is Finnish. He was indeed. Yeah, yeah. you are Finnish. Yeah. Finnish. Yes, Finnish. yes yeah. I am finished. It was not an easy game. Here at Arsenal Football Club, it's going to be big pressure. Take the positives and, you know, look at the next game. I think we showed great determination. At the end of the day, we're able to get a result. Get behind each other and stick together. In the end, uh, it's it's something that's going to give you points. The final word. The final word this week belongs to Anders Limpar, taking us through that lob against Liverpool in 1992. I have to tell uh, you that uh, it looks so much harder to do than it is. That's uh, a pretty... A normal shot for every player to just hit a ball 40 yards. The harder thing is to ship a goalkeeper from that distance straight into the net. That's hard. But that's almost like you cross someone from the right wing to the left wing. We're talking about 40, 50 yards. All the players in the Premier League can do that nowadays. But when you ship a goalkeeper like that, it looks tremendous, obviously. And the actual play was that uh, Kevin Campbell, he was running offside, so I couldn't put him in. And I just looked up and uh, I think it was Mike Hooper uh, at that time in the Liverpool goal. And he, he was on, on the penalty spot, so I just had to go. And even now, if I'm 50, I can shoot that into the net. It's not that hard. And I don't want me to be rude. It, it, it's a pretty good, like, easy shot to do. It looks good. Well, that's full time on today's pod. Thanks to all of our contributors. You can help us out by subscribing to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts to make sure you never miss an episode. And while you're there, why not leave us a review and five-star rating? On the next episode, 
will be gearing up for the North London Derby. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.